This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another Sunday night. Welcome to the Fear the Walking Dead after show on AfterBuzz TV. We are very excited to break down season two, episode nine, titled Los Muertos. We are pumped up. We'll see you in just a second. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, man. Caught me off guard, even though I knew it was coming. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's got the effect oh, as well. Thank you so much. This is just Honest. like how James Cameron does it. It's yeah. uh, in, in Avatar. It's pretty good. Yeah. Welcome, it's welcome, good. one and all. Yeah. I'm going to give credit where credit's due there. Mr. Simon Thompson. Thank you. Chose thank the song. You. Well, it was between that or I Believe I Could Fly. Yeah, which I love. I mean, I'm a big R. Kelly fan. Who isn't? Yeah. Yeah. Who Apart isn't? from most people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that starts us for the Fear of the Walking Dead after show on Apple yeah. TV. Mr. Simon Thompson. Hello. And uh, where can the folks find you, Simon? Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter, at ShowbizSimon, Instagram, at ShowbizSimon, or on Facebook, This Is Simon Thompson. Nice. You're one of the people that has the two, like the one, and then the third that's separate. I haven't done that yet. I do, I do, yeah. It's yeah. very important. Is it? You yeah. have like, to have the third tag that's like a little different? I do. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to take, maybe I'll take your cue on Well, also, one. I think there was an accountant in New Zealand who had Simon Thompson. That feels like, like a little bit. Damn it! <laughs> and they probably have, like, two followers and are never on it. See more than I do. Yeah. See more than I do. He's very big in New Zealand. Yeah. In the middle, we have Miss Ashley Chapman. Hey, guys. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Ashley underscore Chapman. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys. And uh, I'm Ben Bateman. You Hello, can find ben. Me ben. Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. I'm very happy to be back. I missed an episode last week. We missed you yeah, we last week. You filled yeah. in though, admirably. Yeah. I did. I did. Like was... a little bald Ben. <laughs> Is that how you With a funny... Funny voice. Funny, I don't think you introduced yourself that way. No, but, uh... I didn't. I didn't, but I'm glad you were a fan of the show, Ben. Thank you. Uh, guys, this is, as I said, mm. season two, episode nine, titled Los Muertos. This uh, season is, it's it's chugging along. We're in Mexico. Yeah. We're, uh, I kind of, what were your guys' initial thoughts on this episode? Just like, just right off the bat. Well, I mean, coming off of the first episode, which... You know, it has its ups and downs, or I say valley and peaks, where we kind of are just trying to feel out, like, what the tone of it is going to yeah. be. Is this going to be more of an, an action-packed episode where we get a lot of information, or is it going to be a little bit more stoic where it's slower, but we, we're getting more depth with the characters? So I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this episode going into it. I just kind of wanted to see where we would progress with Nick and then maybe even get some of the other characters. So it was great to get some of the other stories. Overall, I really, really liked it, just... We had some really interesting moments with a lot of the characters, and we're learning more and more about 
a lot of the characters as well. And then, of course, the it's it's raining walkers. You know, yeah. Very classic scene. Nobody um, saw that coming. And no, they, neither did they. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> they literally <laughs> really didn't see coming. Um, so, yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. And I'm, I'm happy to see where it's going to progress. Yeah, we got left with a really good cliffhanger. So... Uh, be interesting to see what the next episode looks like. I like the way you describe um, described it as, as Valley and Peaks mm-hmm. um, because that's also my stripper name. Oh. Oh. Valley and Peaks. Look at that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Do you want the lead he seat back? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. He's uh, just, a, just a versatile. Just I know. It's guy. just flowing out of me. Oh yeah, you really don't need. By the way, do not, do not look at that. <laughs> Always look away. It's not a good thing. Uh, it was great to see um, a bit of more well structured action in this because occasionally we do get little bursts, and we saw this a lot towards the end of um, the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, but now we're we're seeing it sort of tied in with more revelations about the characters. We're starting to see the dynamic shift, and also we're starting to see some of the some of the characters we talked about this previously starting to break. Right. Some of the stronger characters, like we saw Maddie today really have a couple of drinks yeah and then you know it all starts flowing you know we've even got strands kind of letting down his garden saying look kind of full of shit i'm a seducer of people yeah so we're really starting to see what we discussed you know the first half of the season Mm -hmm. we're starting to see these barriers come down and we're starting to see them circumstances which they really aren't expecting they're not seeing walkers Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline just on the ground yeah they're literally falling from the skies it's a walk nado yeah <laughs> so my feeling is that I, looking at the show where it's at now i do yeah. feel like there's a little bit of pressure on this show to differentiate itself from the initial show mm. and i think that they're i mean obviously the initial show and it was never in mexico and yeah. they're trying they're looking for they're looking for circumstances that are different than what we've seen before because sure. so much of that content is out there now um it's good and bad mm. i mean I, there are things like we've never seen walkers falling like just what you said yeah. that's a cool that's a cool angle i mean the boat obviously is great yeah there is a little bit of me that feels like and there was moments in this episode that I felt like people were doing things that were uncharacteristically stupid like they were yeah. they were being kind of oblivious to what would happen mm-hmm. like yeah. let's just you know let's just assume it's abandoned and you know smash glasses and play this organ really loudly like that's oh, just kind of, of oh we've well, all done that it, after a couple of months yeah <laughs> it just means it feels foolish like of course like if there's not, if walkers anywhere you don't think they're gonna hear it like I, it just you know yeah and that and that's the sort of stuff to me. It's I guess the same with and you know Nick stealing the cake. It's just like these are things where I'm like I feel like these characters are smarter than this by now. Mm. You know? Do you think they're starting to feel in certain circumstances a little bit too relaxed? Maybe. You yeah. know, and they're starting to you know they're thinking okay this hotel is safe because obviously they don't realize that what's going on in the rest of the hotel. Right. And they're kind of thinking okay this is our little safe zone. This is our kind of Alexandria. Yeah. Maybe we can cut loose a little bit. And you know very rarely. Yeah. Um, actually, is that ever a good idea? And you talk about things. That that we, you know, familiarities and stuff like that. Two things that really resonated with me tonight that felt familiar from The Walking Dead was when, obviously, they realised the boat wasn't there. They yeah. left a message to say, go north. Yeah, it's like the Terminus which felt thing. a little bit like Terminus, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also the supermarket thing, because, obviously, you remember in The Walking yeah. Dead, 
everybody went to the supermarket. Mm. Hey, let's go grocery shopping, but unfortunately, yeah. it's full of the undead. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, you know, it kind of had a slightly different situation here. It was yeah. now run by you know former Mexican drug dealers, who yeah. turns out now run pretty much everything. Um, but I, it just felt like another supermarket thing. So, which was a good thing in some ways because you kind of know it's a, it's an environment where you know something yeah. is going to happen. Um, but also it's kind of like it's an environment where you know something's going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting point you make because I, I do think that in, you know, this this uh, this zombie content that we've seen so much of now in so Zom- many mediums. Zomtent, it's yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those things, those those things like the supermarket scene, that happens yeah. in a lot of these different stories because yeah. it's, if we imagine the world breaking down, it's mm. one of the things that would happen. That would become a very valuable depot. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, we are going to go through piece by piece and break Let's down do the full it. episode, but I should remind everybody, of course, Quickly to uh, rate, review, and comment on iTunes. It helps us stay high in the standings. We like to do the show, provide free content, and it, uh, it allows us to do that if you guys give us a good rating. And uh, just, just generally interact and rate, leave your thoughts. Um, and then also, of course, on YouTube if you are watching this. Or uh, even if yeah. you're listening and you want to go see what we look like, you can go find us on YouTube. Yeah, and um, we're, we're in the I chat today. I apologize for so. my face. Yeah. Why would you apologize? Look, look, you've seen it. Look, look at here, this. Look here, Valley. You're a little peaks. bald then. We look the same, yeah. man. A, a face only a mother could kind of love. Yeah. Look- after you, a couple of glasses of wine, right? You look beautiful, you know? Valiant Peaks. It's thank okay. you, thank yes. you. Yeah, Valiant Peaks. I like the fact you use my full name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so we are also in the chat. Ashley's over here, we are. Uh, womaning the chat. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's get into it. Let's start out with uh, the sacrificial lamb that comes yeah. out of the out of the bus there. Uh, yeah, we find out that this guy was dying and he had been bitten and. Uh, Right? I don't. No, no, I don't think he was. I, I, I think, think he was just a sacrifice. To the the uh, pharmacist who had been bitten, and yeah. they were saying that he is supposed to be like some sort of prophet or something like that because yeah. he really did, he survived. Yeah, because I thought her line was uh, uh, when when they are close to death, our brothers and our sisters, we we offer them. So I, she she described him as close to death. Are we not supposed to suggest that that meant he was close to death, like he had been bitten? Well, I mean, he... Maybe, but I think the bite reference was specifically for the pharmacist. For Paul, yeah. or for uh, Alejandro. Yeah, Alejandro. I mean, I, I think it is kind of offering up, because obviously we saw towards the end of the episode, not to jump forward too much, yeah. but obviously there's some kind of... Like we saw at the end of the last episode, it's almost like a kind of a demi-cult type yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think poor old Papa... Was uh, was a sacrifice. It was kind yeah. of like the Hungry Games. Yeah, yeah. you know, for for the for the walkers. It I was. Think. I thought it was a little weird. I mean, I just it, it didn't. It. I guess. I guess it is described by the fact that mm. there is this sort of cult feel to it. So that's why you have people willing to sacrifice themselves. But yeah. it's. Um, I guess. I guess we sort of thought that maybe Nick had found like this little this little village, you know, that was that was foraging and doing yeah. really well for themselves. But he's kind of finding himself in a little bit of crazy town. Maybe. Also, yeah. they keep referring to it as the Wall. Is this what? Donald Trump has plans. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> just just saying. School bus, a fence, and some walkers? Is yeah. Some walkers. <laughs> yeah. And it'll make Mexico will pay be, for there it. There will be many, many walkers. Um, many, many walkers. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 he didn't look... Papa didn't look peaky to me. He just yeah. looked... Yeah, he just looked like he was yeah. scared. And I thought it was interesting that they seemed to be choosing people who... I mean, maybe he was injured or bit or infected, but it, he seemed very healthy, mm, you know, right. very normal. And so you have a lot of older people who are there. You have a lot of people who are already sick, who are already infected. Yeah. And we got little glimpses of that, of him actually, like, taking care of them. And, you know, we, we find out later that he's using a lot of the resources basically yeah. to give them false hope. So I, I found it interesting that they're making a point of, like, actually using people who seem well and who seem healthy versus yeah. convincing these people who are older. I mean, the guy said... I'm not going to make it anyway. Save your resources. Like right. I think he would have been a good person to prime for 
you know, kind of convincing him to go sacrifice himself. Sacrifice well, I think himself. also the fact that you're talking about supplies, they do still have some drugs. So it would, it, I mean, I'm no cult leader. Yeah, I don't right. have experience in this area. <laughs> or do But you? I would think, yeah. well, another hidden town. Aside from the stripping. Yeah. This is, um, I, I think that if I was certainly, if I had an enclosure and I had someone that was perhaps treatable, you know, like I say, Papa didn't look particularly sick. Mm. Yeah. You would give some of the drugs to the younger people who yeah. you might be able to help and give them back yeah. their health. And the older people, you might use them as the sacrifice. Right. I mean, that would, That's to why me, you're giving would make more line. sense because, you know, if this is about survival, it's about making sure you have the strongest, mm. healthiest people a part of your group to mm. help, you know, kind of keep the the whole clan together essentially. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I'm wondering like what they, how are they deciding? Like what's their rationale behind it? I mean, we know obviously it's, it's because they believe they're the chosen ones, but then in that chosen, you're, you're still obviously picking off some people. So yeah. it's just, it's just interesting. Um, you know, and when you have this apocalyptic setting, you know, how people, I think a lot about, you know, movies like The Mist, where it's it seems like it's kind of the end of days, and you have yeah. these very like overly religious, crazy lunatics who use this as an opportunity to monopolize that and control people. So, mm. yeah, it's an interesting little uh, town that Nick has stumbled upon. Well, there, I mean, there are a lot of telling in, in religious cultures of the end of the world, yeah. reincarnation, savior, faith. I mean, these are things that mm. come up in, in many cultures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it would make sense that if you were in a post-apocalyptic environment, there would there would be those sects. And of I, course. yeah, so I mean, I. This is more culty than that. It feels like, but I also think that the where do you where do you draw the line if you start if you start insisting to people that your faith mm. is being rewarded by the fact that you are now seeing the prophecy come true? Come true. Yeah. I mean, that starts to feel culty in itself. And we also later on in the episode, Lucy did uh, when she was talking to Nick. She was saying that basically there's this kind of idea that you'll meet you'll, you'll meet a threshold of maximum undead, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like uh, you know all the dinosaurs died out. It'll be that point where you'll get to let's just call it OD, o- overdeading, um, <laughs> where you get to the point where effectively the Earth will cleanse itself, yeah. right? And then everything will be fine again. So I mean, maybe that's what they're looking for. If you basically sacrifice people to 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 hit that death level, yeah, all of a sudden everything's like, hey, it's amazing. But do they want to die, do you think? Or do they want to live? What's well, their end game? There was a really weird sort of thing at the end. You said, um, uh, life is a sigh between two deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like a transcendental yeah. thing where you have to get to the other death. You have to basically die. Well, because at the end, they're just they're repeating over and over again, from death we come and to death we deliver mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah, very weird. I'm sure we'll see more of the cult, this yeah. cult sort of uh, expose itself. Mm-hmm. And Nick seemed to be chanting along with it, so... Do, do we think it's he's very falling catchy for song, it? Yeah, very it catchy song, though. Very catchy. I think that he's doing it to fit in. I don't think he buys it. Yeah. No. But I think yeah. also, you know, we, we said this before, I think he's kind of a lost soul. It's yeah. like, he's very easily led. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, I've done a cult before, yeah, I'll have a go. So he's not he's not drinking the Kool-Aid quite yet. No, he's not okay. drinking the Kool-Aid. We're drinking a lot of water. <laughs> there was a lot of emphasis on drinking in this episode. Yeah, yeah there right was. Right in the very beginning, it's like, drink the water, do this. But then there was a, a reference from Lucy saying that the water is worse than the bandages. Yeah. Which did get me wondering, is there something in the water? Mm. Hmm. You know, we're starting to see a thing where maybe people are being made ill in order for them to be yeah. sacrificed. You know, the doctor... Is very keen, unless he's just like, oh, okay, you need a bit of a cleansing. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of emphasis on drinking the water, and Lucy saying the water's not good. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me. It wouldn't so. surprise me. So uh, moving on to the water, the, this yeah. water mission though that Nick and Lucy go on, they go to deal with the former drug dealers at this grocery store. Mm. Uh, they get there, and uh, I found the resolution of this scene to be 
probably the most unbelievable thing that happened all yeah. episode. I really, mm-hmm. I really struggled with that scene. Yeah. I thought uh, shopping for water was fine. The mm-hmm. fact that they said it used to be two, now it's one, was fine. Yeah. I believed all of that. That they would, they would say, okay, we'll just take the one cart. I think you know, Nick, even even Nick stealing the cake, which seemed foolish to me, yeah. but not totally out of character. He's mm-hmm. just like kind of. He's just kind of yeah. wild. He does what he wants. It was the thing at the end, though, the the fact that like with was... with the the knife and they're going to cut his hands off, and he's actually able to relay information to her fast enough mm. and have it translated. And this drug dealer's not so mad that he just cuts the hand anyway. But do you know, I no, I thought the same thing, and then I had another think about it. And Nick obviously has had a lot of dealings with drug dealers. He knows how to bargain with them. He knows yeah. how to get what he wants. You know, it's a transaction as we've seen in, in many ways here. And I think that what he did, because I thought, that's a stupid-ass thing to get a cake and try to shove it up your ass. But I was thinking, actually, I think he did that on purpose in order to force the dialogue, because obviously he realised that this guy's sister needed drugs, that she's basically a drug addict going through withdrawal. And I think he realised that he basically, he took it to instigate this confrontation yeah. where he would then get the chance to say, okay, fine, I can see that you're... If you want something, we to, to create that bargaining situation. So I think it was a stupid thing to do, yeah. but I think it was something he did on purpose rather than a, just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I... I think that's a really great theory, and that would I would give him a lot of credit for that, mm. but I think it was probably more so just the fact that he really did feel sorry about the fact, you know, seeing the little girl have to go through that experience of losing mm. her dad, and he did just kind of want to do something to help the situation, but because he has done dealings with drug dealers, he's very quick on his feet, and he can create yeah. these solutions and these stories. But yeah, I, I agree in some sense. I mean, I haven't personally dealt with drug dealers, but I mean, just for the simple fact that he was is a gringo, first of all, coming into Mexico, I I don't even really know why Luciana decided to take him in the first place. Yeah. You know, it, it just seemed like a really weird choice um, with these Mexican drug dealers. I mean, they're generally not really open to yeah. like, people who are from the outside, like especially in this situation. So. It just, it, yeah, it, parts of it did seem a little bit unbelievable, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they would have called the bluff. You know, they're usually a lot more callous. Like, well, I don't I don't really give an F. Okay, I'll just still kill That's you. That's what anyways. I'm saying. I think maybe cut one of his hands, then what are you going to do? Well, you still need the bargain because he's still got the thing, and you've cut his hand off, but that doesn't – like, it, this, it didn't feel like mm. they had enough leverage that that would have actually yeah. been a realistic way that scene would have played out to me, but – Yeah, I know. I, I get that. Um, you're talking about why she took um, Nick, Nick in the first place, yeah. Now – so something she said was the fact that nobody is going to miss you. And then he said, what about you? And she said, yeah. the only one who will miss me is already missing. Exactly. So I think that the reason that she took him is because if she took somebody else from the compound, there would be someone else there that would miss them. And her taking them out and putting them at risk, potentially, but- would mean that she would then be taking someone from her own area who's obviously that either needed as a sacrifice or yep. doesn't want to break up a family unit. So I think by taking him, because he's effectively expendable... Yeah. True, but Nick's only been there for, what, a couple of days? So yeah. before then, yeah. they've been going to back and forth. To, so, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I think it's just a part of the, the show trying to push the story along and potentially, you know, push them together. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing more of, of their relationship and their experiences together. But, yeah, there are some things where it's playing out and it's just... It just feels like it should have probably happened in a little bit of a different way. But I do think uh, the show so – you guys remember in those early episodes when mm-hmm. they sort of set up that 
those interactions between Nick and Ophelia. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. kind of like strange when they're on the boat, like, is there romantic tension here yeah. or is this mm-hmm. not? T- and it just never went anywhere with it. Yeah. Do you, or do you feel a little bit like they're trying to set it up with Lucy as well a little I think bit? So. Yeah. They're the odd couple a little bit to start with. Yeah. She's real annoyed with him. Yeah. But she, I she, think I she saw... has no value on him at all. She sees him as a liability and completely yeah. expendable. Yeah. But yeah. I think, they're I think to she's fighting it. it. I think she's fighting it too of much course. by the fact that it's like, yeah, you don't mean anything. Like to bone your brains out, yeah, maybe, yeah. especially maybe. when he she saw you know at the end, um, where he actually gave the yeah, what, what was it, twink, Twinkies, or candy? I think it was a Twinkie, or more some dumb sort dumb of who yeah. doesn't like. I mean, if you've had a bad Twinkie. day and your dad's been Twinkie, killed, Twinkie, Twinkie who wouldn't want you know, a trouser Twinkie, yeah, <laughs> you know, a cake that's been down the back of someone's pants, right? right. Sounds, sounds hey, a lot more suggestive, nothing says, than, yeah, a day improvement. Like sounds, a butt sounds cake. a little bit more suggestive than uh, yeah trouser twinkie yeah. i yeah. don't think it's the first <laughs> yeah. place i would go to with that but especially for a little girl yeah 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 let's uh yeah. let's move on that from that um so <laughs> uh, they get back they got two things of water and she says uh alejandro will fall will find you um mm-hmm. and and he does so we have we have this interaction where you know uh new character alejandro played by paul calderon mm. um who's a guy who's a, just a character actor i feel like i've seen that guy in a hundred things mm. right over the years I yep. know he's in the the one I think is is Pulp Fiction, right? He doesn't have a role. Isn't he the guy that says, "My name's Paul, and this is between y'all"? Isn't that him? I don't know who. I just I can't even remember the character, but I just feel like I know his face, and I think that's what he says. I could sh- be dead wrong. In this show? No, no. The, the actor Paul Calderon, oh, I think, gotcha. is in Pulp Fiction. I think that's his line. I think he has a small line. I just don't remember what he said. Wow, that's really what great. scene it's in. It's a really great uh, memory reference. He's the bartender is. when they go to Marcellus Wallace's. That's what it is. Okay. He's the bartender, and there are, and he's uh, it's Travolta and Sam Jackson are arguing, and they're uh, like, "What are you looking at, man?" And he's like, "My name is Paul, and this is between y'all." That's <laughs> dead on, Paul Calderon. Well I know done. it. All right. Anyway, um, so uh, uh, Nick goes to have this conversation with him in the infirmary. He sees mm-hmm. the medicine. He admits to injecting this old man with saline solution to give him, you know, hope. Even it's just placebo effect, essentially. Yeah. And uh, and then he leans down, and we see a bite Wait. out of his shoulder. We do, or something that looks like a bite. Now. I would guess yeah. <laughs> that that is not a zombie bite that he yeah. survived. No. Yeah. Right? That's looked a bit small. Yeah. I would say it looks more like a... a like a bruise, like a... Well, something like a underneath the skin. Beaver. You know, it was definitely a bite. An animal bite? I mean, it's just yeah. something... It, it did look... It, I mean, it was a chunk of his shoulder. Yeah, missing. but it wasn't but like, it didn't a, look like it was a human missing. chunk. Yeah, it didn't look like it was missing either. It just looked like it was a really bad bruise. Unless he'd been bitten and... Cut it out. It might have been a oh, tiny maybe. bite, just a top, just a just a nick, just, yeah, just, just a little nick. little top. It top did look kind of gashed, like gouged yeah. a little it bit. Because uh, I was thinking that you know somebody bit your your thigh or something like that, mm. and just right at the top, off. and you were able to with survive the blood loss of just slicing it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, quick enough. That's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, but that definitely is like an interesting plot point. I don't think. How you often guys... do you think about these things? You given that a lot of thought. This is. Kind of worrying. With walking. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I was to get bitten, would I rather be bit on the thigh or there how is, would that look? Do you know that there is a there is a remarkable amount of zombie content? Like not like story stuff, yeah. but just like people that believe that there will be a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. There is the zombie apocalypse guide to survival, which is a real thing out there that has like mm-hmm. all yep. the rules. There are. I, the other day, I was trying to write zombie trivia for a pitch I'm working on. Right. I was trying to write ten things that were like zombie culture trivia related, and I found I was like zombie trivia and there was like 40 pages of results of just like list after list 74 facts you didn't know about zombies it's just like there is an well, insane ha- culture here's one fact they're not real yeah <laughs> but I mean, number one a, <laughs> there's enough content they're out made there. up 
But yeah, I'm sure just that, because I'm sure you can't is. see them doesn't mean they don't exist. They're like Santa Claus, <laughs> like unicorns. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> deadly unicorns. Uh, they. I, I want to talk about the hotel. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, obviously, they're you know the the, the the main group. So you're looking at Strange, looking at Maddie, Alicia, uh, Ophelia. Um, they find this hotel. Yeah. Um, they think it's safe. Right. Evidently not safe. Yeah. Um, Big uh, surprise. (laughs) I was wondering um, what the TripAdvisor reviews are like for that. For that hotel? Yeah. Yelp. Yeah, yeah, Yelp. I mean, you would literally quite Yelp Yelp. if you stayed there. I'm assuming people are dying for reservations. Yeah. You know, falling over themselves to get in there. The the customers that were walking out of their rooms and falling over the balcony, here was my question. So they all had to have died in their room. Yes. Unless, and it was only like one falling over each balcony. Mm. So what I was trying to figure out was, were these people that killed themselves, were they people, I I couldn't understand how there could only be one per room. I had a, yeah, well, single occupancy rules, you know. (laughs) But how'd they Um, die in the room then? They got got a Groupon rate. Um, Well, I I had the same thought, because obviously, when they entered the hotel, it was barricaded from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. There was no signs that we saw of anyone exiting. So... Whoever barricaded the doors is inside there. People had to lock these walkers in these rooms. Mm-hmm. It seems that someone had obviously filed them and trapped them. There appears to be more than one person in each room, though. Yeah. From the sounds. I mean, it might have been incorrect, but from the sounds that were being made. So I'm not quite sure. I'm assuming that if, if it was a room where there was more than one walker, it would be the one that got to the window first that was falling over. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think some might be single occupancy, but obviously we saw the guy who it looked like. I wondered if he maybe uh, had, had killed himself or had been put in there and, and hung because whatever. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought... Because when they first came to the mm. hotel, there was a really quick shot of a hand that hit the window. And yeah. At first, I thought maybe it was a walker, mm. but it just the movement of it, it seemed too quick and swift. It seemed like it was a human hand, like somebody was watching them. So it could have been a situation where whoever barricaded it in, like maybe lured walkers up to a certain level mm. because they were able to get to the, the stairwell access. Maybe they just were able to lure them up towards the like upper levels and lock them up so that I, they were above them and they could kind of the, whoever was there was whoever yeah. barricaded it in could sort of live and dwell in the lower right. that's what I was thinking I think we are going to find obviously there was a wedding going on in the hotel at that time happiest days of your lives um, where um, you know obviously they barricaded someone had barricaded themselves in so I think they are going to find survivors yeah. within the hotel somewhere um, and obviously we see in the preview of the next episode, not to give too much away, but um, I think it was, uh, is it uh, Alicia opens yeah. the door? And when we see in the, in the teaser the, someone opening a door, but it's obviously a different location yeah. to how they've done the edit, I think we're going to... F- but she looked quite surprised to see someone. Yeah. yeah. So I think we might find someone. Ophelia, that... probably Ophelia with whoever whoever was because yeah, just seemed to... yeah, or, or something. But we, I think we're going to see whoever has barricaded that hotel yeah. at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys. So yeah. there's a wedding going on at the hotel, yeah. right? And as we saw happening in Los Angeles in the mm-hmm. first season, the the degradation of society and the zombies and the rioting and everything yeah. sort of happened over a couple of days. Yeah. It didn't really happen all at once. Yeah. Certain neighborhoods, certain parts, but you would think. You cancel the wedding? Yeah. I mean, even if it's the day before. Yeah, but you put the deposit down, you know, <laughs> all the flowers are ordered, you got the cake. Is it the kind of thing where, like, you're, you know, you're showing up at the wedding as a guest, and you're like, well, I've heard yeah. stories of these dead walking things, and you're like, you know, the wedding's starting, and you see this, like, dead walking thing walk up the window? I don't know. It just seems yeah, like... But- she was a literal bridezilla. If there, yeah. was, if there was, like, a like, worry of that happening, you don't think you would cancel the wedding? That part seemed, like, kind of wild to me. Ben, 
Yeah. Two words. Yeah. Free bar. Yeah. It's true, an open bar. <laughs> Nothing. Zombies could not keep me from a free bar. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I'm dead on there. That's a good explanation. Dead on. Thank you. Dead Thank on. You. But, I mean, yeah. well, because it's... The, it, it originated in Los Angeles. Is that what we're supposed to assume? Or is this something that just started... I don't think we're supposed to know where it started. I don't think it's it start, started. No, because oh, we, we, we saw references in the first half of the season where... Um, when uh, Strand, obviously with with his other half, um, they were talking about there's been an outbreak. Yeah. So yeah. I think they it they was... were obviously they were in Mexico or wherever, and people it was obviously happening in LA and it was happening there. So I think it was synchronized incidents. Yeah. Or there was a wave of stuff. I don't think it was isolated or started in LA. I think it was happened in more than one places. Yeah. At yeah. the same time. So. But what caused it? We Anything a groom can do just to get out of a marriage. I, I know. Just start, I know. A, start, start a just... zombie apocalypse, man. Just couldn't break it off. Didn't yeah. have the for it. So speaking Lack of an of open commitment. bar, let's talk about Strand and Madison. Drinkies. Um So uh, mm. we have this. I thought actually, I actually thought this was one of the nicest, if not the nicest, moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. I like their conversation. Yeah. Um, you knew you knew it was coming as soon as he asked about the husband, and she. You knew that he it wasn't what she had told Nick because yeah. it mm. wouldn't have gone back there unless uh, that was what was going to happen. So. Um, I, I just I just like that he was being honest. I like that mm. you find out that she attended bar to put herself through college. It just was the sort of bonding moment between these two characters that I think we had wanted for I'd wanted for a while. Yeah. I like I really like Strand as a character. Yeah. And I'm finding I like Madison quite a bit as a character too. Um well, with that we also found out that obviously there is a backstory because she, she was saying about how she wanted to have kids. Yeah. But you know, it's like she was referring to her past and again not alluding to exactly what she was talking about. Yeah. Um but I think it's it's taken it's taken a situation for them to feel safe. Yeah. And I think for it to be fueled by booze, for them both to relax and kind of just realize that they just have they have to have a different kind of relationship. I think yeah. they've got a natural bond, um, even when they were adversaries. Yeah. Um, and I think they're realizing that they, they will need to get past that to survive. True. And they, they both parallel each other very, very well. Like yeah. Their personalities, their strengths, just their sense of like taking charge and taking command of things. That's something that they both share and have in common. So mm. I think when you meet somebody like that, you know, and you kind of butt heads and you see like, okay, it's kind of a stalemate. Like you're not going to back down. I'm not going to back down. Let's mm. be friends. Let's right. make martinis and shoot the breeze, you know? Yeah. I definitely think, um, Strand has become a great character. He's, they've, mm-hmm. they've done an awesome job with developing. I love his, I love his admission to, I'm a seducer of people. I also love when he says, I would, I would have hit on you. And yeah. yeah. I, anything, anything, what do you say? Anything but Tom. Yeah. That's what he yeah. said. So I was trying to understand what he meant by that. Cause he loved Tom. Yeah. But he was—he tr- he didn't want to love him. He wanted to stay away from him. Is that what I was? Yeah, I think be kind of—I think for for both of them in, in that situation, the relationship it would have been—you have to take it out of the like, you have to leave your personal real lives yeah. aside, and you have to kind of go into this fantasy realm of an escape. Yeah, yeah an, an escape. So you you just have to do. You would talk about anything apart from your partner. He'd be happy to talk about the person that he was trying to seduce to, yeah. to get them to reevaluate or forget what they're trying to get. But he would never bring his partner. In, into the frame. I mean, I thought the minute that she said, uh, when they were talking about the drinks, and the reason, the moment she realised that he was full of shit mm. was when he was talking about his martini. Yeah. And it was kind of, it's obviously his line. A lot of guys have lines. Yeah. And she was like, ah, calling bullshit on that. Right. And I think that really broke it down. And of course, whenever anybody says, bring me tequila, right. you know something's going to happen because no good stories start with, bring me a salad. 
Yeah. It always starts with bring me booze. Yeah, absolutely. Always means good times. Maybe undead good times. Yeah. But good times. I know. Do you think that you would have the courage in a zombie apocalypse if you were at a bar and yep. it was an open bar? Do you think you would have the courage to get drunk, to get wasted and leave? I feel like it makes you, your guard Vulnerable. gets so far yeah. down if you're but wasted. But I think if you think that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I actually don't think that they think they're safe. Ophelia mentioned in this episode, you know, we're not going to make it. Yeah. And while I don't think they all feel that overtly, I think that maybe subconsciously they're all kind of just sort of biding their time, you know? Mm. So maybe a drink with somebody who I probably would never have had a drink with in the real world or before all this happened. Do you mean like us? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Maybe that's, these are moments, like, this is kind of like, this is probably the best it's going to get. Maybe Mm -hmm. I should just kind of enjoy and cherish whatever moments we have left. I mean, you know, with Madison kind of realizing maybe I'll never see Nick again. Like, just, I guess, just sort of breaking down and realizing, like, you know, we've been running. We've been on the defense, you know, defensive this entire time. Is this what we should really be thinking about? Should we what we're doing, or should we just be trying to enjoy mm. whatever time we have left? So I think it was just probably them just sort of letting their guards down for a second because they've been running, running, going, going, and they just needed to release, escape for a second. Yeah, I mean, I will say like th- there have certainly been moments, right? There's, mm-hmm. I've had like moments in my life where yeah. I don't feel like it's appropriate for me to have a lot of drinks, but mm-hmm. you're you're stressed, something happens, you, and you just you have three, four drinks quickly, yeah. and then it hits you all of a sudden, like. I think that's the thing that happens to people. Stress induces that for, through a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think she was dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of stress of in that moment. Yeah. And that's, I think, maybe what drives her to do that. I think if she's a little bit clearer in her mind, mm. uh, maybe she doesn't do that. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I also thought that she had – Madison had a great moment with Alicia earlier mm-hmm. in the episode. I really liked when Alicia just looked at her and said, Mom, it's me and you now, yeah. whether, like you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. Like – Alicia had a few moments in this episode. I actually thought that I was sort of like exactly the growth from that character that I think we all expected was eventually going to come because mm. she's 16. So, I mean, they had to kind of, they had to give us a little bit of like a ramp up for her to start being kind yeah. of a badass. Yeah. And I started to see some of those moments tonight that I think are great. I think she is going to be a really good character in the end. Um, kind of just, I think she'll be kind of more of a survivor than it seems like she's been. Yeah. I think also she realizes that, and I mean, obviously Maddie doesn't regret having kids. She wanted to have kids, but I think she's finding it certainly in this situation kind of the fact that she has to care about them is is kind of a burden. Yeah. And I think Alicia realizes that and it's kind of like, you know, whether you really, if you feel like we're an albatross, a bit of an anchor for you, kind of tough shit. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And uh, there was the other line that Alicia had towards Madison uh, where she says, she's trying to convince her not to go. Mm. She's like, I, I've been doing it half my life. I'm sure I'll be fine to take care of herself. Do you, do you think she's suggesting that she's been taking care of herself? Madison wasn't there, taking care of herself. Her dad was gone. What? Yeah, and I think because obviously Maddie was was going to be have to be focused on Nick. Yeah. for quite a so while. Nick, yeah, that, yeah, that probably took up. But I just, you know, another thing, to just kind of believe it was like, why why are we at the bar downstairs while Alicia and Ophelia, you know, are like scavenging for things? It is know? true. It just seemed a little like I thought they were going to try and rummage through things, but it just seemed like they were posted at the bar. Yeah, but uh, tequila. Never strand true. convinced her. She, she, was, she wasn't going to, and he said, you need a drink, and she said no, and he said it's medicinal. Yeah. True, but it's like... It's pretty convincing. You, you guys don't know <laughs> if the hotel I is... I could sell me on anything. Yeah, I know, true. Yeah. But like, also, if you notice, Alicia was upstairs, and obviously they went to the, the mini bar. Uh, at one point, when she said, oh, all we've got is, is peanuts, yeah. I thought she says, a penis? Yeah. And I, he's allergic to penis, and I was like, 
Hang on, this has taken a turn. Yeah. But it was peanuts. <laughs> yeah. I went back and I watched it, it was peanuts. Um, but Alicia, when she was going to the cupboard, she was raiding the bar. Yeah. yeah. She was pulling out little bottles of wine, and little beer. bottles of mm-hmm. beer and stuff like that. And I'm like... Did you guys have this moment at all where... Cause I, Got so thirsty? There was the, no. <laughs> okay, right. So there's the shot that, they, that right before they get to the hotel mm. when the four of them are leaning against the truck. Yeah. And that was one of the promo shots for the uh, mid-season. It was, before, yeah. Uh, before it came back. And I just sort of found myself thinking as I was watching, like, it's a pretty fashionable jacket you've got on, Alicia. And I looked at Strand's sweater and I was like, huh, he's got the, the neck zipper and he's got the other zipper. It's another pretty fashionable sweater. I was like... I wonder if – because I don't feel like when I was watching that first season of Walking Dead, I got the feeling very often that these characters have a, have like a very Style, like sexy yeah. – like it was usually like some pretty haggard middle-aged people for the yeah. most part. That's yeah. like – that's what that show was kind of built on, looking real dirty, mm-hmm. real – even Nick though. Like all the time, Nick and Alicia, they always look so good. Like I, they, just, I, they seriously just look good and like yeah. – that shot kind of made me laugh because I was like, this is television. This is the zombie apocalypse, but this is definitely television. Well, if it helps, when they were going around the supermarket, all I could think of is like, if you want to pick something up, you want to get something that will really get those bloodstains out of your, yeah, right? your tank top. Because, you know. Tied Nick, Tied. Nick looked yeah, like he was, you know, Nick, it looked like he had gone to the, he'd gone to like the Buffalo Exchange and gotten some vintage and like. <laughs> he did. He, he did a little bit. I yeah. thought, you know, it's, yeah, was, anyway, yeah. uh, just a thought. So uh, uh, talking a little bit more about Alicia and Ophelia, though, mm-hmm. they have a nice moment where they're discussing. And, and as you said, uh, Ophelia has that line. You know, mm-hmm. she says about her father, my father was always one step behind hope. I see that now. And she kind of sounds like she's giving up. She yeah. says, we're not going to make it. Yeah. You know, and Alicia says, we're your family now. I'm here. You have me for what it's worth. Um, I definitely – I'd watched the interview with, with uh, Mercedes Mason yep. a little while ago on one of those morning shows where she was talking about my relationship to Alicia's character is definitely going to uh, blossom in the second half. And there was mm. a lot of publicity because obviously Alicia had played a lesbian character on another show. Mm. Is that what they mean? And yeah. she confirmed that's not – it's a no. sisterly thing. Um, but uh, but I, I, they are starting to sort of build that relationship, and that's another one that I think I think if Alicia becomes the character we think she will, yeah, I think that Ophelia's character will blossom a little bit. Mm-hmm. I also really don't think that we've seen the last of uh, of Ophelia's dad. You think Daniel's alive? I, I think Daniel's alive. I think we're going to see him again. I yeah. really do, and I think that's going to be. I think she's going to reach a point where she's going to get, as you say, with the relationship with with Alicia. I think there's going to be a case where she'll get so far with that, and she'll be like, "Okay, I'm in a good place." And then Daniel's going to come back. Are they going to path cross cross paths in some way? Uh, even if he is dead and maybe, you know, has turned, yeah. I think that is going to be a really important turning point for her, whichever way. When she can let you it go. go. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Either let it go or if he's alive, just bring him back and go like, eh, it's, you know, it's all okay. I kind of feel like the whole, the journey of letting somebody dead go is a, in a show like this, a little bit of a cop out though, because everybody's yeah. lost somebody. Yeah. So if you, unless you are a sociopath who just loses people and doesn't care, yeah. um, I think it's a little bit of a crutch to, to try to build that in as, like, every character's journey, mm. right? Because, I mean, look, who who on the show has not lost somebody at this point? Is there a single character on the show that hasn't lost someone? Um, I don't... I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, can I have lost people for lost ten? Five, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think a lot... No, I think everybody pretty much have. I mean, aside from the new characters, we don't know what their backstory yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and we don't know if um, Alejandro has got what his sort of family back, backstory is. Yeah. But I think everybody else probably has. I, mean, I guess Alicia hasn't really, but they lost their dad. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. So maybe Alicia... Remember her boyfriend? Oh, yeah. She lost yeah. her boyfriend. That's right. Right, yeah. at the, right at the beginning of the show. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say. But I think with a show like this where 
death is really at the epicenter of everything. Yeah. It's something that's very unavoidable. And so I think that there's still room to play with that a little bit. But as far as like trying to hit it on the nose every single time for every single character, mm. I don't think quite as much. But I mean, yeah, like we've we saw it with Daniel, you know, in, in the first half of this season. He was struggling with the death of his wife and how death kind of changed for him and changed just yeah. his entire mentality and his perspective. And then with Nick now being in this this town where death is, you know, it's it's like a part of their their worship. It's yeah. a part of of what they are praising in a sense. Um, I think that there's a lot more room in this season, particularly for death, to play a lot a bigger role, and in a way that maybe we haven't seen before. I think also something else that they they've lost is, I mean, you know, going back to, to Strand's conversation um, when he was talking about there's no up and there's no coming. You know, he's kind of lost his his yeah. leverage. He mm-hmm. doesn't really. He knows that it, there's not really a lot of bargaining. He doesn't hold all the chips anymore. He yeah. doesn't control yeah. the conversation. Previously, when they were on the ship, and obviously when he had his relationship, and they were you know behind the walls. He was kind of like, I, I have some level of collateral here. I have some level of power. And he doesn't have that now. And I think he's feeling kind of stripped. He's having to reform those alliances. But also, um, Maddie said that if she leaves Nick, leave him, and he'll head straight towards death. Yeah. So I think something she's lost is physically family. Yeah. But I think also any control yeah. over what her kids do. She does seem to be, yeah, to be coming to terms She's with the that. mother, but the kids are just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Strand, I, th- I think it's interesting what you say about Strand because um, he is, he seems when you first meet him like the ultimate sort of manipulator, deal mm. maker, right? But so much of what made him the character that I think he was, mm. was um, status, mm. the yeah. suits, the drinks, the way that he could talk to you at a bar, like the way that he could pick you up at a bar. Like he just, he was very much that sort of like smooth operator with the yacht and everything. Yeah. When he's reduced to just a guy in a denim shirt who's trying to survive like everybody else yeah. and all he has is a smooth voice. Well, he's back to being the guy before he took um, yeah. his then yeah. partner's credit card yeah. and suddenly bought all the flash gear and got sucked into that world. He's back to being yeah. that guy. Yeah, completely. Mm. And a quick shout out in the chat. Okay. Um, Anya. Uh, Sogamis, I think, said that they are. They said on Talking Dead that Daniel isn't dead, so we can double check to confirm that. Oh, and wow. then um, sure. they said uh, he knows Daniel is going to take over the gang, so that might be interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Well, Daniel's going to be back. So That's great. He's right. Awesome. Um, did you guys make anything of the three cheers? It's just I just I wrote them down just in case. The three things Maddie cheers to: to motherhood, to false hope, to family. Um, motherhood, obviously, it's at, at the center of that conversation. Yep. To false hope, that's an interesting cheers mm-hmm. as she's getting drunker and drunker. Mm. Um, and then to family, I, I mean, maybe there's nothing to it. I just thought that, you know, those are... Interesting things. I think she realizes that probably there is, that there's no point in hoping for something that you don't know if it's there. It's not like, I hope I get, you know, an iPad for Christmas. Right. You know, iPads are there. 50-50 chance you'll get an iPad or not. Yeah. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know what is out there, if you don't know what to hope for, yeah. you kind of... You you can't have hope, let alone false hope. So it's like you don't you don't really have anything to aim for. Well, I th- I think I thought it was just more so her being um um not satirical. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sarcastic. Sarcastic. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, so you know, with with her sort of talking disparagingly about herself, about her being a mom and how she's basically failed. Right. Um, mm. And then with with false hope, I mean, I think 
for the most part, like especially in season one, she was all about we're going to make it, we're going to survive, this is going to be. And so that was hope was something that I think was what she used to help keep everybody together. And now that's kind of falling apart. And then with family, I mean, yeah. look at the situation with the family, what they're in now and how they're they're kind of creating this new family. And, you know, Travis is still in the dark. Yeah. We don't really know where he and Chris are. So I think it was just all part of her, you know, because when you say cheers to something, it's supposed to be like a celebratory thing. Right. But I think for her, it was just kind of her poking fun at it and basically saying, like, it, it was all just a crock, crock of crap. Yeah. Crock of twinky, twinky, twinky crap. Of, of, of <laughs> mudcake. Trouser twinky. Should we, uh, you guys want to get quickly into predictions? I'd love right, to. Let's do it. And uh, unless you guys did it last week, should we revive Carol Watch? We did. We did. We did. Week. We did, we did, did, we did an honorary Carol Watch. <laughs> what you should do is watch the show every week. I do. rate it, subscribe to it, <laughs> and uh, like it on iTunes and tell your friends. It's at the end of the episode. And watch so. and watch Baby Ben yeah. do his yeah. thing. Did his, his he obviously thing. missed our recipes last week. Yeah, but, we did great, uh, some great recipes. Cocktail <laughs> and uh, cactus and do- dead, dead dog. dog. Dead dog. Yeah. I'm going to jump in first with my prediction. Yeah. Um, my prediction is that this show mm-hmm. will, in in its third season, the, I think the ratings will stay around where they are now. Yep. And I think that eventually they will. Uh, propose the Walking Dead Fear the Walking Dead crossover that will raise the ratings on this show because I just think that this show with the way it, it's interesting I enjoy watching it I don't get the feeling from the people I've talked to and like the vibe in the industry that this show is wowing people unfortunately mm-hmm. and I think that's something that we're going to see so that's that and my Carol watch is 100% Alicia tonight she, yeah dead on I mean like I, I think I called her more times than any in the first the first uh, half of the season but definitely feels that way this episode Okay. Well, my prediction is, of course, um, I think Nick and the pharmacist are going to literally or figuratively butt heads again. And I think that, you know, he's going to be in a situation that he finds himself in a lot where he is going to do something like try to do the right thing. But I, and I think him and Lucy are, are definitely going to lick or, or Lucy. Something? Yeah, yeah. That's you can't. Ship. Oh, yeah. Lick. Lucy. <laughs> <You> can't, <laughs> I love it. You can't ship the word lick. Lickless. Lickless. Uh, oh, um, or, yeah, I think that's that could work. So I think, don't l- Google l- that. L- I dread to think what you get if you Google l- that. Lucifus uh. is, that's definitely happening. And um, I think that it might be Noah who is um, on the balcony that Alicia sees. That oh. might be at the hotel. That might be in the, the hotel. I think that it's somebody that we've seen before. Got it. So definitely. Um, he might be in the hotel who sees Alicia. And I think that, um, well, yeah, for Travis and Nick, I mean, we saw a little bit of a preview for that, but I, I, I'm still holding on to hope that, that Chris will, will make it. Um, so we'll see in the next uh, couple episodes what happens with them. What's for Carol Watch? For Carol Watch, I'll, I'll go with Alicia. She definitely, you know, took that yeah. the title for sure um, tonight with, in this episode very um, just confident and just has so much hope and strength like very different from what we've seen in, in previous episodes with her so great where can folks find ring. you Ashley underscore Chapman guys Facebook Instagram Twitter hit me up uh, interesting you talk about Noah because that would be an interesting arc 
Oh, oh wow. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Um, yeah, I will. I now live here. Um, I Interesting. I, I think uh, you, you made a couple of... Both of you made good points. I think we discussed this before the show. Yeah. Um, I think what they're doing is once they found out that they've got the third season, they're using this kind of like a big arc. Yeah. You know, it's a bridge between, you know, the first season and the third season. I don't know if we're going to see a Walking Dead crossover. Yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't know. I think we're going to see more oh, from the people over, to yeah. do with the plane. Got it. I don't, I don't think that's, that's over yet. Walker's on a plane. That'd yeah, walkers on a plane. A Get these walkers <laughs> on my <laughs> plane. Um, I think for me, I think we're looking at potentially as far as Carol Watch goes, I think Ophelia, because I think, like Carol, she's kind of gone as low as she can get. Yeah. She's at the point of abandoning hope, where everybody else, whether they like it or not, is kind of still kind of begrudgingly resilient. I think she's about to kind of go, to hell with this, in a handcart. That's it. And I think we're going to see her... There's going to be something that makes her snap back and fight. Yeah. So I think we're... Uh, uh, definitely for me this week... Ophelia is going to be Carol. She's and good. where can the folks find you, sir? Uh, you can find me uh, at Showbiz Simon on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. This is Simon Thompson, uh, and also appearing in your local stand-up clubs. <laughs> no, not I'm not that. Funny. And guys, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in, and yeah. we'll see you same time, same place uh, next week. Mm. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.